0: in uh, cycling's changing a little bit. You well, I remember before I was professional you didn't really hear much chatter about riders going to new teams or signing contracts until, you know, after the tour or even pretty late mm. in the season. And now yeah. now you're hearing before the Giro some guys have signed contracts for teams and yeah. or they've extended their contracts with teams for as well as that, the contracts seem to be getting longer. You know, the teams yeah. seem to be finding these talented riders and like, all right, we want to keep you for
1: five, six, seven years. G'day, legends, and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Swift. I am sitting here in the city of Ballarat. Uh, you can probably hear my voice is a bit cooked, I've been commentating the Bay Crits and then went straight to Nationals. I've been commentating on stage with Pat Shaw and uh, Dave McKenzie, and a bit of Keno as well. And uh, I tell you what, my voice is absolutely cooked, but it's been an amazing experience. And how about Plappy? And how about Brody Chapman? Uh, absolute ballers, and we'll have to get Brody on the on the pod as well. But uh, yeah, I saw Plappy straight after he won, and um, that was just how good was he? So good. But uh, look, this episode, a bit more nationals focused as well, but also focused on the Aussie summer of cycling, with Tour Down Under, Cadell Evans Road Race, etc., all the big races in Australia. Our guest today, Chris Harper from Jaco Alula, of course, formerly Bike Exchange. Now, Chris Harper, I have to say, he spoke so well on this podcast. Uh, he had great audio, and he's a really good speaker, and he's really interesting and kind of eloquently Uh, spoken dude. So, um, yeah, this episode's a cracker. We caught up, I think, the last week of uh, 2022, and we chatted through Nationals, we chatted through uh, sort of TDU, including the selection and how it's pretty uh, hotly contested within the team to get on that um, TDU selection. And then also his time at Jumbo, what he learnt, um, how he progressed as a rider, um, and what they were like as a team, we go through quite a few things, and uh, and Chris just spoke so well. It was super super cool. So I think you guys will really enjoy this episode, and um, yeah, learn a bit more about Chris Harper because he kind of is an underrated character. But his his writing is super super strong, and I think we'll get to see him unlocked uh, this year at JCO. Um, now that he doesn't have so many leaders to work for, so to speak, like he did at Jumbo Visma. So, um, yeah, super cool. But before we get into the episode, big shout-out to Zwift, our title sponsor. They are sponsoring, Zwift is sponsoring out at the TDU, the Young Riders Competition. So look out for that. We're going to see some of the best young riders in the world wearing that white jersey. And, uh, yeah, go on, to, um, go on to their website. Check out that new kit they just dropped. It is so sick. The... Uh, I believe it's the Tourist Rift kit. It just looks so cool. Nice colours. And even if you don't want to get the full kit, you've got to get those socks. And I think you can pre-order them on the website. So check it out. Pretty damn cool. And also we can't forget about our summer sponsor of the Press Room Podcast, Cyclic. Now remember, Cyclic are the dash cam for cyclists, the front and rear cameras that are also lights and they record six plus hours at minimum 1080 Uh, so really good footage, beautiful stabilisation, even if you're on um, rough roads, which means you can capture number plates, all that sort of stuff. And the front camera, the Fly 12 Sport, is brand new, just updated and it's just incredible it's almost at the level of a gopro but i think even a little bit better when you think about its battery life more than seven hours of footage it's just unbelievable and it loops it loops back on itself and it keeps the critical stuff if anything happens in incidents etc so check out cyclic check out the website it's a really good product particularly if you ride quite a lot and um yeah you know just want to keep yourself looked after on the bike so Legends with that. Okay, it's time to get stuck into the podcast. It's the second one of the summer. They're gonna come thick and fast as we get in the tour down under. This is Chris Harper, a bloody legend. Thanks, guys. I'll see you real soon. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Ah, uh, uh, no
0: worries. Thanks for having me.
1: Why don't we start with um how are you are starting your your season off? I suppose would you have started training uh for twenty twenty-three? last few months or
0: yeah for sure i uh i think i got back to uh, australia on middle of october and then i still had had a uh, couple weeks off the bike completely uh so i think i had about a month in total of off the bike or yeah just doing some different activities yeah and then i think yeah i can't remember 100 percent, but probably from about november i started doing a bit of unstructured uh riding again and then yeah back into it pretty pretty well full gas now getting ready for nationals and down under and cadels yeah sweet
1: do you find it hard to um take the time off the bike
0: yeah yeah i think so especially well maybe not off the bike but i can't do nothing so (laughs) i normally start start doing a bit of running or a bit of jogging um or just playing a bit of other sport, a bit of tennis and that sort of stuff. I still enjoy doing uh doing some exercise. So yeah, yeah I don't like to sit around and do nothing, but <laughs> it is it is nice. I think especially after the first week when you've been off the bike, you uh you start to enjoy not having to put kid on every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um
1: that's kind of cool though. Get into some other sports. Um did you play tennis as a junior?
0: Yeah, as a as a Wow, well, when I was uh, in my yeah early teens, I was w- uh, pretty full on full on into uh, tennis. But my yeah. family was pretty big in tennis when we were all younger, so yeah, I think I played that till I was about fourteen or fifteen, and then yeah, once I got to that age where it was more fun to play sports with your mates on the weekend, uh, <laughs> I sort of started playing uh, footy and cricket.
1: So yeah, yeah. very good. Okay, and. Uh... I guess with your um, season coming up, like are you one to, I mean, most Australians tend to focus on the Australian summer first and foremost, but is that one of the big goals for you this season or are you looking more towards the middle of, of the year? Um, oh, no, I'd
0: say, well, particularly, obviously for me moving to bike exchange, um, yeah, the summer summer is going to be super important for us. Obviously it's, all our home races, and we we really want to win them. So, yeah, yeah, you definitely uh, can't make the teams if you're not not giving it a hundred percent. I don't think because everyone wants to do it as well. There's a bit of a joke that uh, making the Tour Down Under teams harder than making the uh, Tour de France <laughs> team in bike exchange, <laughs> which I'm not sure if that's true, but yeah, I mean, it's super nice to be able to race at home, and I think in particular this year, the first year tour down under being back on properly. Oh, yeah. Um I think it's I think it's going to be a big focus for the team. And I think just Aussie riders in general, it's it's going to be pretty special. So no, I'm definitely uh definitely approaching the season as uh yeah, I want to be in good shape for down under and Cadell's and that. And then I think I'll have a little bit of rest as I move back across to Europe and then yeah, Focus on,
1: to on on getting back going again then. Mm, yeah, sick. It's kind of been like well, it's been what maybe like three years since we've had the the, the TDU back to its full, you know, full shakas in the world tour mode. And um I reckon we've kind of forgotten how big it is as a world tour race, you know. Yeah. And now with the women's event as well, um at, at world tour level, like it's uh it's gonna be absolute bananas, you know, and that just stacks the the rest of the Aussie calendar as well. Yeah. If they're coming back for TDU, well, you're going to be there for nationals. You might come to Bay Crits, and you'll do yeah, Cadell. So like, it feels like you know we're about to see the you know the full throttle of of the Australian cycling um, yet again, which is really cool. Yeah, but um, with the with with nationals, you know, you've been always been uh, really um, aggressive in the at road nats. Um, and, uh, maybe just needed a bit more, a few more kilometers of bunnyong on, um, yeah. <laughs> to help you out. But now in bike exchange and back, you know, a couple of years ago when bike exchange would be able to rock up with many, uh, many numbers. Do you feel like it'll be, you'll have a bit more, um, uh, I don't know, you just have a bit more flexibility in the race with, um, a few more teammates, hopefully this year at Nats?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously I haven't spoken to to the team yet about what the plan for yeah. nationals will be. I mean I know I know the guys we've got doing it um and yeah I mean you know pretty much everyone we've got doing it can win it in a in a different way which is a nice luxury to have for us yeah. but um yeah I think it'll just depend how the race plays out for sure. I mean mm-hmm. the the one nice thing I guess is um in the past, well especially in the last few years racing with Jumbo last year I had Rowan Dennis to help which was really nice but before that it was more just you know racing as an individual which sometimes means you got to spend a bit of energy a bit earlier than what you'd like and uh, in the last couple of years I've found that's that's probably cost me in the last couple of laps whether it's just bit of fatigue or I think yeah. one year I was looking pretty good and I went super hunger flat and just <laughs> went from uh went from feeling a million dollars to feeling yeah. like I wasn't gonna make it up bunning young. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so no it'll be interesting for sure. I mean I think the main thing is hopefully well yeah we want want the jersey and the team. So um mm. so yeah I think we'll uh we'll have a good crack at the race and yeah if there's an opportunity for for me to uh put myself in a position to go for it then yeah for sure I will but uh, otherwise yeah I'm more than happy to do the job if someone someone else is uh gonna get in the jersey
1: mm. yeah for sure bro um <laughs> do you... <laughs> I'm just thinking about some I've heard, I've spoke to lots of different riders uh, this last few months and just listening to some of their preparation for how they um get get up and about for road nats. And I wondered, how do you, like, what are your summer, what are your, some of your final, when you're getting closer to nationals, what are some of the real key workouts you're getting into? Like, are you one to go out and do, I don't know, like, are you are you doing 12, 16 repeats of something like Bunning Yong, you know, um, back-to-back trying to, you know simulate those uh those efforts and and the power on each each climb or you know what are some of the how how are you sort of training preparing for for nationals
0: yeah i mean i'd say throughout the years my preparation has probably changed a bit uh Mm. and i think that's that just goes back to you know there's it's not a one size fits all for training, or there's there's plenty of different ways to to prepare yourself for nationals. Uh, like, you know, back before I turned professional with Yumbo, yeah, like what like what you just suggested, we our standard session with uh, Bridgeway or Iceaway or whatever it was called, we'd get given this you know monster of a day, which was <laughs> I think fourteen or sixteen <laughs> repeats of um, yeah, you know, a course like nationals and. Yeah, pretty much the last little bit of icing on the cake to to smash yourself. Whereas with Yumbo, I'd say it was a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more controlled. More just looking at the demands of what you needed to do up uh, up Bunny Young, and you know maybe within a long ride it would be some specific intervals to to sort of simulate the the effort um I'm bunny young but yeah we sort of moved away from the 14 to 10 <laughs> yeah, reps which, cool now, eh? which is uh which is probably a good thing in a way I think it's yeah it's a good session to do and I think mainly doing a session like that's probably a bit more for your morale rather yeah, than actually it. training smart because if you think you can get through that session then you're like ah oh, yeah I'm in shape for nationals but it's probably not necessary <laughs>
1: yeah 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 for sure yeah. So, uh, and well, I guess moving to the new team, it's pretty exciting. I wondered when you first signed with Yumbo um, and you turned, you know, moved to the World Tour. I always wondered if you had in your back of your mind um, to go back to Bike Exchange, and I ask all the Australian riders that I wonder if they all think, um, you know. You know, be cool. it's always cool as an Australian to ride for the, you know, the Australian sort of team by exchange. But when you signed with Jumbo, did you have it in the back of your mind? Like, well, you know, see where we go. But it would be cool to go back to, you know, or go to the the, the Aussie setup.
0: Uh Never really, to be honest. Like, it's, mm. yeah, I don't know. You just don't really think about it. At first, when you're uh, trying to get a professional contract, you're just yep. hungry to get into the World Tour and get stuck in. Yeah. um and then in the past couple of years of course yeah once once contract time comes around you think about uh where would be a good fit and you know uh where you'd see yourself within a team and whether that sort of fits also your personal ambitions and all that as well so mm. uh i i i wouldn't say like when i was uh first went to yamba it wasn't like uh hopefully end up at bike exchange one day but yeah when the opportunity sort of presented this year and I was able to have conversation with bike exchange like I think our our mindsets were both pretty similar of where they saw me as a rider and what we were sort of both hoping to get out of me as a as a cyclist and that that uh yeah really appealed to me because yeah it just felt like a I'd say like just a nice progression in my career. Uh, I'd say,
1: yeah, and it seems like a it seems like a well timed um, move as well. And yeah, definitely synergies between the two of you as a rider and a team. When you like when that contract time comes around, it's, I guess it's at the point where you have to start thinking about where you want to go next, how you want to progress your career, um, and or any changes you want to have a crack at. When are you thinking about that? Are you just sitting at home thinking about that or is that something that you sort of start to ponder and think about um, when you're out riding? Like, did you find yourself, you know, having those discussions in your head, just thinking about where you would go? Like, are you doing that out riding or is it more when you're just one-on-one with your manager or stuff like that? Um, I'd say for me, it's always
0: always on a rest day <laughs> when uh. you're sitting around, when you're sitting around not doing much at home you start to uh start to think about things and yeah obviously i think uh i think in general it seems like the the trend in in uh, cycling's changing a little bit you well i remember before i was professional you didn't really hear much chatter about riders going to new teams or signing contracts until you know, after the tour or even pretty late mm. in the season. And now yeah. now you're hearing before the Giro, some guys have signed contracts for teams and yeah. or they've extended their contracts with teams for... Uh, as well as that, the contracts seem to be getting longer. You know, the teams yeah. seem to be finding these talented riders and like, all right, we want to keep you for five, six, seven years. Mm. Uh, so I think the... Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not a manager, so I wouldn't know. But for me, looking from the outside, I'd say the the contract negotiations seem to be changing quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So I think as a rider, you you sort of become a bit aware of it, even just at the start of your contract contract season. I guess like you're mm. already thinking like, okay, I'm. Uh, yeah, not that there's pressure, but yeah, you want to perform and show that you. Belong in the belong in the team or belonging the world tour and yeah i think you i think you have to uh have to think about it early enough because yeah there are so many talented riders coming through it's um
1: yeah
0: it's easy to easy to get to november or something and
1: realize oh, i don't have a
0: i don't have a ride anymore
1: yeah, yeah. I feel for some of those riders that have been left in the lurch with the um with the B and B thing. Yeah. Hotel's like, oh, right, like it yeah. Just be brutal. Like what are you supposed oh, to do?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the other thing that is hard about cycling is it can be so so brutal, really, with mm. the you know, there's so many good examples. I think, you know, Simon Clark's a perfect one. He oh, didn't have dude. a contract until the end of the year. Yeah, and then signs a contract, and the guy just went and won a stage of the the Tour de France. It's like he's more than capable of <laughs> racing at the highest level of the sport, but he almost wasn't at the highest level of the sport.
1: Nothing for me, to another one's uh,
0: yeah, what, another one for me is one of my old teammates, Taco Vanderhorn. He uh, didn't have a didn't get re-signed with Yumbo, didn't get a contract, and originally he was going back to a dutch continental team and then really last minute got the contract and then since then he's just been incredible like (laughs) more than deserves to be at the highest level of the sport so yeah Yeah. it is
1: a funny old sport i think (laughs) it is it is a bizarre sport sometimes yeah taco he's one of my favorite riders taco yeah 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 always a yeah always in the break always like yeah just a. but some riders have that um taco is one of them some riders have a uh, a real unique maybe specialty where the best of their ability is only maybe visible at a very small number of races. You yeah. know, like Taco seems to be very good at those really long days, like a 200K yeah. plus stage. Um, and, you know, often you don't get to see the riders who are really good at that level because there isn't that many of them, you know. Yeah. Um, that are even in one day races as well like another one who i think of is um is dylan van bala i think he's he's obviously won roubaix but we don't often get to see the his winning capabilities until he's at you know a race with that length and so yeah you've got such a small like (laughs) window to sort of show your ability yeah yeah it can make it really difficult Hey guys i hope you enjoying the podcast with chris harper big shout out to everyone who came and said hi to me at ballarat uh, during the nationals um, fans of the podcast it was really really cool and um yeah it's always nice when i meet people who who love the podcast because you know it's just me doing this and um it always feels quite small to me and i kind of forget um how there's lots of people that like to listen to it especially around australia but uh look tdu okay i'm going to tdu straight after nationals i'm actually going with the team bridge lane uh, girls so going in their team van which would be pretty cool uh, i'm getting a little lift over with them so hopefully i'll be able to record a podcast with the girls there and um, once we get to the first day of the women's tour down under i'm there we're getting daily podcasts will be dropping it'll be really cool and um yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy those. Be sure to tune in and make sure you're following the podcast and, and subscribed and also leave a rating if you can because I'm gonna be there with Zwift. We're gonna do some really cool activations, Zwift big part of the tdu this year sponsoring the young riders competition so that's going to be super cool and hopefully um we'll get to meet more of you out there and definitely go for a ride i got my bike it's coming we're gonna get on the bergs it's gonna be amazing so um legends thank you so much for listening uh i really hope you're enjoying this podcast and uh yeah share it around and enjoy the second half. Difficult, but. Um, with uh, Black Exchange, what what kind of excites you the most about, um, I mean, outside of being obviously an Australian team or an Australian, that's pretty obvious, but like, what about their sort of setup and um, I guess the ethos structure, what, what excites you about them when you sort of look at them as a team?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it was in particular, I think they are making sort of, you know, well, at least from the outside to me it looked like they were really trying to sharpen up as a team as a whole and i think that started when once they got giant on board as he um as their equipment sponsor all of a sudden they they really looked like they you know all Yates was all of a sudden with so- traps and that yeah. um you know that which really appeals to me because i'm definitely the type of rider who Likes looking at the little details in training oh, and also, yeah. um, yeah, also equipment and all that. Well, maybe not so much equipment, but you know, I like to know that I'm riding something that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. so I think, I think it was just you know, they were making that progression to the you know, becoming, uh, yeah, trying to get, get more results and be mm. a bit more of a formidable force in the world tour, I guess. I mean. Mm it feels like for the last few years it's you really had those handful of teams that sort of they're constantly in the limelight I guess and then other teams sort of popping up with wins here and there but it it feels like a lot of teams now are really trying to push and you know I I wouldn't say copy um any of these bigger teams but you know just realizing like okay if we actually want to want to get results and we want to perform at the highest level we've got a we've got to look at how we can do things the best because yeah that's that's what the yumbos mm-hmm. and the inioses and mm-hmm. all that are doing they're looking for looking for little improvements in
1: any way they can yeah definitely yeah you did notice that for sure um for bike exchanger with the tt bike and yeah um yeah the special skin suits they were giving to yeah to yates and even just having just the the um, just going, just them making that effort and the time and the money and stuff to spend yep. on the um skin suits that shows like you're not just doing that off a whim. That's a real, yeah um uh, detailed discussion and yeah that leads to that. So that's yeah pretty pretty special. And I have to say that the new Propel that I guess you guys will be riding next year that looks like a bloody weapon. Um Yeah. Far yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible <laughs> it's a, bike i've uh i've really been enjoying it yeah it's a good looking bike too it looks really nice that's part of it as well but yeah obviously um it's uh i guess that comes with having a, a sustained bike sponsor too because it was a couple of years maybe two or three years there where it was like maybe three different bike sponsors or two spot yeah. bike sponsors it was scott uh someone else bianchi and then um giant's been on for a while now so yeah, that's really cool. At Yumbo, at I know from when I was um, talking to Rowan, you know, he mentioned how much testing that Yumbo Visma put into not only their own products, but other products to see yeah. how they went. So um, I guess that would have been something quite uh, like some, you know, a good level for you to experience and take away from you. Yeah. For, um, from your time there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Yumbo, you know, there's no... No real secret in why they're so successful. I think it's because they're, you know, very professional about how they how they prepare for races and their equipment and all that. Like it's, you know, really uh just a matter of their their I guess I guess it started probably with the whole sky era of you yeah. know, the whole marginal gains principle. And I think oh, yeah. that's um that's sort of carried on to Yumbo to there. Mm they've got the similar mindset of like yeah how can we do things better every day and mm. uh, it reflects uh, I mean for sure they're uh, also in a nice position they've got some pretty bloody talented riders but uh, <laughs> and yeah. a nice bit of it yeah yeah uh, <laughs> to be able yeah. to sign some good riders also helps as well but yeah yeah I think um, I think for sure more te- like I said before more teams are realizing you know you can have good riders, but if you put them on bad equipment, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, it just doesn't work. I think yeah. uh, I think, yeah, it's um, yeah, and then you think like, wow, you know what's the point of investing in this rider and paying the max amount of dollars and then you know giving them a handicap with equipment? it's uh, yeah, doesn't make sense? So, now, I think more and more teams equipment and altitude camps, it's just becoming more and
1: more popular yeah if you don't do it you're kind of just left behind yeah Uh, yeah we all yeah we all fell for well we we felt for poor rowan having to ride that marita tt bike and the (laughs) helmets as well you know i asked if we had a funny question one of the episodes one of the best parts of last year where i said oh would you rather wear the the rudy Projects tt helmet um or the the kfc bucket hats they give out the 2020 and of course. <laughs> he chose the bucket hat because he also thought the sweat would kind of melt it down into a foil you know, <laughs> shape.
0: That sounds like a very Rowan art. So. Yeah,
1: good old, good old Rowan. He's actually in Perth uh, right now. Good old All right. the Republic, which is where I am, by the way. Oh nice. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Yumbo, what, what was some of the um maybe you, might not have the answer right in your head right now, but whatever the first thing comes to mind, like what were some of the big sort of learnings that you took from your time at Yumbo?
0: Oh, I think there were a lot of things, especially, yeah, I did. This year's my third year with them. So, um, yeah, you learn a lot. Um, the biggest thing for me, well, maybe not the biggest, but, you know, you learn a lot about training, um, a lot about nutrition, um, which is pretty important. I think yeah. now... Nowadays it's probably I think it's a really good thing, but I think it's you know becoming more common knowledge um with younger riders, which I think is super important, just on how important the nutrition is. Cause I think there was for a long time, and I even remember when I, you know, I was trying to you break into the world tour, you know, there's these old school, you know, mentalities of yeah, you've got to uh Got to go do these six hour rides and not eat any food oh and my God. come home yeah. and eat nothing. And, you know, Yumbo's the complete opposite of that. Like, you feel really well. Yeah. There's none of this, you know, ah, we're keto, fat adapted crap. You know,
1: nah.
0: at the end of the day, <laughs> if you're riding a bike at a
1: pretty high level
0: it. for a long amount of time, yeah, you need to eat some carbohydrates. So yeah. I think that's pretty important. And I hope it does filter down because for sure i remember doing some pretty dumb stuff before i turned professional and Mm -hmm. yeah definitely uh, it definitely doesn't help you as a bike rider i think uh Mm -hmm. if anything yeah that's that's a big learning for me was the nutrition and how important it is to fuel every session really well and i think for a long time i had the idea in my head like unless you're going out and coming home completely wrecked you don't really need that much food but yeah you're uh, burning so many calories on the bike it's actually the opposite it's sometimes a bit of a challenge to get 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 enough in you so Mm -hmm. um, I think that was a really big learning for me and now I just notice how much how much better I can recover and day-to-day which obviously means you get more out of your training Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also the other big thing was you know the training you don't have to kill yourself every day like the idea of training shouldn't be um that you just wrecked 24-7, which I think's also a bit of a mentality of
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: younger riders or riders trying to trying to break into into being a professional, you know, there I mean lots of people would see it now, but there's a lot of in- information about this whole zone two type training. So <laughs> yeah, but that that is sort of a big philosophy of Yamba, I guess, as well, is the importance of that you know longer easier type rides not not every ride you're um out there killing yourself but yeah you can come home and have done a good session but you're not completely empty so i think i learned a lot about yeah the training and the nutrition um from yumbo which has been great Uh, you know they're things that i can carry with me for the the rest of my career and Mm. yeah also i think some nice things that yeah hopefully at some point i can uh yeah teach some younger guys as well that are that are
1: trying to follow a
0: similar pathway as what i did
1: yeah absolutely and and um yeah it's certainly the most modern approach and up-to-date uh practices and changing the attitudes of how you view like you said those sort of old school mentalities um changing the attitudes of how you view food and yeah training you know you still want to be able to come home and take the bloody bins out you know and yeah, um, <laughs> all of that, and yeah. So it is. It's yeah. Stuff's evolving. It's 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 good to see it's advancing, and uh, yeah, all the teams are on it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you do you have a uh, do you have a favorite? Moment or from your time at Yumbo, a time which just sticks out in terms of a rider, a performance, or maybe even a race, a team effort, or something where you go, that was probably one of my favourite moments on the team throughout those three years.
0: Uh probably, probably recently, like yeah, winning the team time trial at the World yeah, yeah. as the sort of home team, yeah, was um, yeah, I don't think you could ask for much better than that. But also, yeah, obviously, uh, we got. Robert Gessink in the in the red jersey. Oh, yes. Which yeah. pretty awesome as well. Like yeah, yeah, Roberts. Yeah, Roberts a ripper guy. He's uh, yeah. so nice. One of the most yeah, he's yeah, I well liked. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Like he's always so nice, so helpful. Go out of his way if you are uh, if you need to. well always, you know, gone out of his way to help me when I first came to the team. So yeah. Yeah, it's nice to be able to like see a guy like that do so well. And it's awesome as well for the team because he's been at a part of Yumbo since he Yeah uh, spent his whole career there. So Original. yeah. Yeah. He's uh it's pretty awesome that we could get, get him in the red jersey and yeah, definitely like a little I think it's great the amount of work he's done for guys like Primoz and yeah and all that over the last few years at the tour. It's awesome to see him get a get a little, uh, yeah, nice little bonus there. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, 100%. And the team's time trial is cool, especially from like a, um, maybe from a perspective when you're younger playing cricket and footy, you know, real team sports, when you have a great cricket field or on the footy field, like when you're back in the change rooms, like it's the best feeling ever when you've had a great team result and everyone has contributed. So like a team's time trial kind of, I imagine it brings back you know those feelings you know like everyone really put in their best and you you beat everyone it's a great feeling
0: oh yeah for sure I mean I don't think I've been so nervous for a uh, (laughs) a race in a long time I mean just you go and do the course recon and then you're like okay this is uh, you know just with all the stuff you're like yeah we need to get this right you know onto from normal uh normal paved road onto cobbles and that sort of stuff so yeah, I was super nervous going into it. And then on top of that, you're like, all right, I'm about to go, you know, chop off with uh, Primoz Roglic, Rowan Dennis, Affini, and all that. You're like, yeah, hope I can uh, at least <laughs> yeah. contribute a little bit. <laughs> so yes. it's, uh, it's pretty nerve-wracking. But, yeah, afterwards, once we got across the line, it was awesome. Yeah,
1: sick. That's awesome. Uh, okay, and just a couple more um, questions actually here. Did you have a... Um uh did you can you think of a day that was your most difficult day on a bicycle whether it's a race or in a training session like just mm. one of those days when it was you know a real grim affair
0: um
1: or maybe just I know. Time. oh actually
0: one of the hardest days i had was uh i had an injury with my eye in 2020. 20- 21 I think it was
1: right
0: so I missed a lot of the season I think uh, I raced Catalonia and then I was out for a couple couple three months or something and yeah I was pretty serious injury so I was off the bike I think for almost two months so um but yeah I got the all clear and then I started training in maybe around July or something uh and then I went and did a altitude camp um in Tunisia with the team and then my first race back was uh San Sebastian which is
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> right after the a, tour.
0: It's uh it's a pretty yeah pretty decent race to go back into and I wasn't too bad. I mean I definitely wasn't wasn't going great but I hit a point in the race where I was just lights out. Like yeah. I again I went so flat and I think it was just because my body hadn't really You know, I'd been training hard, but I hadn't been, you know, racing or doing any of that for a long time. Mm. And the last, uh, I I remember going back and looking at the file because I was so knackered from it. The last 20K of that race, I averaged 180 watts. And that was me, you know. I was 100%. I was all in. (laughs) You know the last last couple climbs as well. I was so lucky that there was you know the Basque fans are awesome and yeah, they're like, yeah, so yeah. enthusiastic. Awesome,
1: yeah.
0: And I think they were just looking at me, feeling sorry for me. So I got a couple helpful uh, pushes up there, yeah. which I think saved me from uh, getting off the bike. Yeah, yeah,
1: sick. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's the one that will stick in my memory. I think. <laughs> okay, nice one. Does the Basque fans seem like? I haven't been to Spain before or in that sort of area, but I can always tell the differences between the fans when I'm watching the races on uh, TV, between all the three Grand Tours, for example, and the Giro you know, fans seem okay. The Tour seems like a lot of idiots out there, not real yeah. fans, but the Basque fans seem like, you know, they give every the riders the space on the road, yeah. especially in the climbs, you know, like they're not crowding in trying to get on TV. They're like, let's let them do their thing. And they yeah. seem like real true fans out there. Yeah, yeah.
0: It feels like they just love cycling. You know, yeah. they just 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 enjoy watching it and enjoy the day out there. So, like, I think everyone loves racing, even though it's brutal. You always know whenever you're racing a bus country or anywhere around there, you're like, yeah, okay, it's going to be a brutal day. But, yeah, I think everyone enjoys racing
1: there because, you know, the atmosphere is going to be unreal. Yeah, yeah. And – uh after a big day whether it's a race or um, maybe a training ride because training ride you can choose i guess you could probably have whatever you whatever you like um, but what are you going for after like a big big training session like say maybe it's a it's a um I don't know just your favorite meal or something after a training session where maybe you're not as targeted on the nutrition
0: hmm good question (laughs) i change it up quite a bit um i don't know what my favorite would be uh well i'm pretty simple actually you know i'm not not fancy or anything but i think when you're super hungry anything uh yeah yesterday i had a pretty solid session and yeah i think i cooked up spaghetti bolognese which was hit the spot pretty pretty nice i think anything like that Anything like that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're looking to obviously get in a bunch of carbs. So it normally revolves around uh, rice or spaghetti. And then, yeah. yeah, anything like that, cook up a bunch of rice or spaghetti or mm. you know, make a curry, something like that. Um, Any
1: spices in there? Are you spicing it up? I actually do.
0: I quite like spicy food. So mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, uh, yeah, I'll chuck in as much spice as I can, I guess. So. <laughs> Without uh, without blowing my doors off, but no, nah, I do I do like that. I enjoy cooking as well. So uh yeah, cool. Yeah, I like making my own food and preparing it and all that. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, good. It's good. uh It's like a process thing too, right? Cooking. Yeah,
0: cool. yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, obviously is a yeah. Obviously, the nutrition is so important that yeah, I think you can't be a decent bike rider without knowing how to cook a decent meal. Mm. And I think we've got the luxury of. Yeah, even when you're on the bike for a long amount of time, you uh, you got a fair bit of the day to make sure you're doing things properly mm. off of the bike as well. Mm,
1: sweet. So I, I assume, um, well, are you going to do, um, probably, are you doing Bay Crits?
0: No, I won't do Bay Crits. Okay. Um, but but give, them, give them a miss.
1: But likely, likely, uh, of course, Nationals, um, hopefully, you. And then Cadell's roughly be the plan, eh? For some.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I'll do the uh do the road race and the time trial at Nationals and then back back to Adelaide for down under and then Cadell's and then I think um a couple of days after that I'll fly back to back to Europe.
1: Yeah. Okay. What do you think about the TT being after the road race this year? It's a bit different, eh?
0: Yeah, I think I did it once uh, a few years ago. I think we did the same, did the TT on the Tuesday. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, it doesn't really change much for me, but yeah, it does feel for the event as a whole. It feels a bit random because the I'd say like the 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 peak of national sort of feels like the road races, you know, everyone looks forward to the weekend watching, oh, yeah, watching the uh, you know, the under 23 race is always exciting. Um, and now, now having the the women's on the morning of the men's, I think, good as well yeah um get a good atmosphere on the day but you know it feels like you go from having spectators and good atmosphere and then on the tuesday i doubt anyone will be on the course so uh, it's a bit bit random but yeah
1: it is what it is yeah sweet oh cool man well um it's gonna be exciting i appreciate your time coming on the on the pod really good to have Uh, no
0: worries thanks heaps again for having me
1: That's another episode of the Press Room Podcast, done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Chris Harper and big shout out to him. Go follow his Instagram and just follow him all year. I think we're going to see him step up to another level. And uh, yeah, thanks to all the sponsors of the podcast, of course we're thanks to Smith Optics as well. We can do some really cool things with Smith throughout the year, so keep up to date with that. Thanks to Attacker, of course, and Cyclic, the summer sponsor. Guys, you've got to get on a Cyclic. It's a bloody brilliant product, and will keep you safe out there on the roads. And guys, this is it. We're going to go straight into the TDU podcast from here. So you're going to come thick and fast, short, sharp specials. We'll be in the mix zone. It's going to be amazing. Shoot me a message. If you want to get any writer on the podcast, send them to me. And then I will go after him. I'll go after him. We'll get them on the press room. And uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Love you guys. And I'll see you again for another podcast. Chat soon.